Hi guys, I'm Chris. And I'm Mike. And welcome back to this week's No Limits Mitch Rap Podcast. How you doing this week, Mike? I'm all right. My soccer team, both our soccer teams today both took our a soccer big hit. So. Big L, big old L. Yeah. Maybe there's a uh, fun fact about Mitch Rap Pod. I bet very few listeners would have guessed is we're both pretty big European soccer fans. Very big European soccer fans. Well, you the uh, Premier League. I'm a, I'm a Premier League guy. You, you got me rooting for Roma, though. Like uh, I was really sad. That's England, everybody. Premier League. <laughs> and uh, well, now there's so many. Like I, I saw they're trying to make like a Premier Golf League to what? compete with the PGA. It's like they're they're doing the whole Super League thing. Like the Premier is a brand. Yeah, exactly. Oh, exactly. Boy. I don't know. Everyone's trying to break off, and it's crazy. Yeah, but yeah, that was a sad day, and yeah, Arsenal lost, and my team Roma uh, from Syria and Italy lost. So, oh, well, that kind of fits the theme of being bummed out, <laughs> also with the second half of Pursuit of Honor. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I, I think both and both of our teams are not are not going to win the leagues, or not even no. like in the good spots for the league. And so, this will be the first time Arsenal hasn't seen European. Uh, football yeah. in uh like many years so yeah a couple of decades probably sad day kind of like the ending of this book but yeah. should we go there yet or no let's let, let's do the updates first oh uh, yeah we got any updates to share yeah just one um so as we mentioned in the last pod we ran out of we no longer have our autographed copies um of the book but we're still going to do giveaways this month is going to be a uh, pick your choice uh, either a wrap paperback or a wrap kindle book whichever one you have you like um so for our patrons if you want to join uh just go to our website mitrappod.com click that little orange button and subscribe or sign up so yeah that's about it all right that's what you got to look forward to. Maybe next month we'll do a t-shirt. Do you see Kyle? Oh, we got to mention. Do you yes. see Kyle with his t-shirt? That's, that's oh, man. what we got to mention. He was looking fly. And we got him the black t-shirt, right? That yes. looks great. Look crisp. Look crisp. Not not that gray. Don't. don't we, we changed the default. So like. You, yeah. The gray t-shirts. The gray. They were the like gray. a B minus. They weren't cutting it. The David black. was nice. He didn't yeah. rip it on his uh, unboxing, but um, <laughs> it was pretty bad. The black and the navy, though, is made from a different cloth, and let me tell you, those ones are mint, so. Yeah, and if you like hoodies, I got my dad a hoodie, and he, he my dad wears it, like, every day. He loves it. The hoodie's <laughs> pretty fly. The hoodie well, David got his. Okay, good, good. Yeah, yeah we, had, we had to make up for David buying yeah. a, a bum t-shirt and, and send him a, a, a better a better thing, so. We, we hooked him up with the navy hoodie, which, man, that thing is soft. That thing is nice. Nice. I got the Atrium Mystery Bus in a nice, uh, nice soft, soft hoodie. So I'm glad he's looking fly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, also, you know what I just thought, thinking of shout outs, this episode is coming out the day after Mother's Day. Yes. Right? Happy Mother's Day. Yes, indeed. To all the mothers, have all the rap mothers out there. Yes. Yeah. So I, I put something out there saying we want to shout out any rap moms i think i said hashtag moms for mitch <laughs> and nice. uh the cool thing is best thriller books awesome account by the way at best thriller books btb check them out they do a whole lot of thriller reviews and they are doing a mom segment and they have a few testimonies of moms who got into rap and are now big rap fans so they're going to be running something or posting it uh this sunday well you guys are listening to this next week yesterday so on Mother's Day. Yep. Yes. But we had a we had a few chime in. So let me find that post. I think it was in fans of Mitch Rap. Who were our moms who responded? We had one or two. Ah, Karen. Shout out to Karen Matthias Garrett. Thank Happy you Mother's for Day. jumping in. And Nancy Sheps Sayers, happy to have you guys following on Facebook and for chiming in on our Moms for Mitch post. Yes. I'm, st- I'm trying to get my mom into Mitch, so we'll see. All right, there we go. There we go. My, my dad purchased uh, American Assassin, and he's going he's gonna to start reading it, so. Nice. Yeah, American Assassin, man, June. Whole rap family. <laughs> the rap Furman family. I like it. Hey, well, let's just jump into this because 
I'm looking forward to June. I know you are too with American Assassin, right? But let let's just let's bang out Pursuit of Honor. Let's get to it. Part two. Unfortunately, I have a limerick for you because you know oh, my thoughts on a book are best summed up in the form of a limerick. But this I've been one, waiting for this all day. This one's a bit of a downer. I'm I'm just gonna warn you. Just gonna warn you. So give it to us. All right. The Distinguished Intelligence Cross, a worthy honor bestowed by the boss. Nash gets praised, and Kareem becomes crazed. The path of a madman this family will cross. King of the hill or bottom of the barrel? Well, my rating might start a quarrel. It's not Vince's best, but hey, look at what's next. American Assassin. Deserving of all the laurel. Very good, Mike. Very good. I I gotta you, you say brought it. it. You brought it home there with a with a with a spin on uh, some positivity at the very trying end, to keep so. it positive. But I, I'm just gonna do this, Chris. I have to. I'm gonna put it out there. This is the lowest so far that we've covered. <laughs> this is bottom. We're cutting of the right barrel. right to the ratings. Right to I, the ratings I just, at the top. I had, I had to get it off my chest, man. This is I I was I was generous giving it a C minus. And that's probably because of the end scene kind of got my attention a little bit. But did it though? Like it's kind of cool, but but not. Uh, it's we're gonna get it's, there. It's a chapter. It's a chapter. It was yeah. It was too scrunched. It was. Uh, we're we're gonna get there, man. We're gonna get there. No, so the I agree with you. This book, I, I also gave it a C minus. I gave it a six point nine, which I don't think technically is a C minus, but whatever. It's our it's our it's our grading system. We can do what we want. Yeah. So why couldn't this be like extreme measures? Mm-hmm. Be you know don't put the NCTC scene at the very end of extreme measures. Right. Like you had the bombings go off. Right. And then, then you could have cut it there, you know, like had a, a really huge cliffhanger, like right after the bombs go off. And then yeah. you start this out in medias res, like with the NCTC scene. And, and then I think yep. this elevates that book up because you have Absolutely. that whole, you know, you just start like full fledged action. Absolutely. And where instead we have this whole build up, this whole build up. Mitch is like, I don't know, I, I was trying to do the timeline in, of this book. It's six days after the restaurant bombings, yeah, or the the NCTC bombings. NCTC, but like the actual book, like what what we see in the book, I think it's like three days from the time they pick up Glenn Adams to the time that they meet back at the uh, Lake Anna house. Lake Anna, uh, uh, which is crazy because you get this random scene with Rap flying to the Bahamas. To well, and he previously to flew bank. to like the middle of the Atlantic to meet with like the heads of of two foreign um, the Azores. He yeah, flew to the, the Azores. Azores, like on the coast of Africa, uh, or yeah, like they're Portuguese islands, but I believe they're off the the western coast of Africa. And it's like, and then he goes to the Bahamas to randomly meet with this banker and picks up, and it just so happens Hakim is there. I know like, like, at that, that exact that part, moment. Oh my god, and that then, part. And then there's something about a Russian whiz kid, like some millionaire Russian in his twenties, and a Cuban general. And I'm just like this well, Cuban right. dictator. Like, what is happening? I think that's that's a great point to to jump off on because when we left off, so the theme for our 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 episode this time is again, it's all talk, no action, part two. Right. Um, <laughs> and when we last left off rap um, in his storyline, they're heading to, they have like this lead on this Johnson guy who he has, they believe he's, you know, he's bugged the shrink. They're worried about yes. uh, what he's found out. Uh, this is all like information they got from Adams, right? And so they go to this club in the shady part of D.C., um, which now is like not a shady part of DC. It's right, <laughs> H Street, <laughs> H Street. Uh, I guess 2008, right? Yeah, 20 this years ago, a... that was probably you don't want to be there going to a nightclub. Well, Definitely I'm trying not. to think. 2008, I was a freshman in college. That was like the beginning, like the first, like maybe three blocks started. of H Street was, yeah. was starting. It started, and then to turn. so I could see a club there. Now it's so hipster. Oh my god! It's no. What is it called? Noma. It's called Noma. It's got a. It's got a, like one of They're those making up names, and they put yeah. this expensive trolley in, <laughs> like oh 
that nobody ever rides and always breaks down and causes accidents. Because like, it used to be there. Like it, it, it used to sure. be there like back when DC was, you know. I, yeah, but, I mean, I'm all for like historical throwbacks, but that trolley is a waste of taxpayer money and jams up the traffic. I mean, you're too, you're trying to pull like a San Francisco and like, you know, rely on these like historical routes, but come on. Yeah. Yeah. You're better off like putting more, more money into the Metro than right. putting that. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Anyways. So we get some action. Like, I think this is the first time we actually get some action in this novel with Scott and team. We, we meet a new guy named Reavers, right? Mick Reavers. Yes. Yeah. The muscle. So the muscle. I, we got to talk Scott here because he plays a role, but he's not in on the action. And we saw this earlier with Maslik, right? Maslik was the muscle over in Afghanistan to rap and Nash doing these interrogations. And now you get Mick Reavers. And both times, I think you and I were like, well, where's Scott? Why isn't Scott running these things? But I kind of like this role Scott has taken on as the planning and logistics guy. Like I I was okay that he was outside the club and Reavers went in with rap because it shows Scott, I, I feel like is, is moving on. He's kind of, and I think that's a seal quality, right? To be able to direct your men and pick the right men and see through the planning and logistics. So I kind of like that Scott is playing that role and picking guys like Reavers. Well, he's a consummate leader. You know, he was in exactly. charge of seal team six. So that exactly. Makes sense. So I like seeing that side of Scott, even if he's not in on the act. Like, would I have liked to see Scott and Rap rolling up on these bouncers, these Russians outside the club, and just kicking ass? Sure, but um, I think Scott in the leadership position is definitely where his his skill set is. It's in his wheelhouse. And I so to contrast that to a, a book we're going to get to in the future, I'm um, might be Enemy of the State. The one where like Grisha almost kills Scott, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where Scott actually runs into a warehouse and get shot. Yeah. Um, like this is in, in, in contrast to that where Scott, you know, doesn't play the, the Mitch role here. He plays, you know, it, it was a cool little buddy cop scene, you know? Right. Uh, I like that. And of course, Scott has this, this line, which, you know, Star Wars fans will know, like someone like Han Solo, like says, you know, I, I have a bad feeling about I've this. I've got a bad is, feeling when, about this. <laughs> when Rap takes out the, the taser and and a couple yep. couple guns and well he also uses the um uh baton. the billy club yeah the baton that yeah. was pretty cool and and I like Reavers as backup because here's how Vince describes him and Reavers I mean is going to be around for a while he describes him as uh, where is it no oh, quote Mick Reavers was Coleman's one man wrecking crew he was built like an NFL linebacker only meaner. If you're rolling up in the club to take some guy, you know, pick him right right from the Russian mobster's hands, I'd want a Reavers with me. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But, what, whoa, whoa, whoa. What the hell happened to Hackett and Strobel? The law firm. Remember Hackett and Strobel? <laughs> 1-800-Hackett and Strobel if you have mesothelioma. Like, where'd they go? Yeah, we don't see them. The, I, I We need to pick up on if they come back into the story. So, later on, we get we get Wicker. Wicker's back. Oh yeah, um, Wick, Wick comes back. He's around. I feel like Hackett and Strobel are just donezo. They're just they're just written out. They're just written out. Am I what wrong? I I don't think I, they're mentioned. They're not mentioned here, but they could be. They could come up again in other in other books in the uh, future. I don't know. We'll have to see because they were yeah. the original two that Scott started the Seal Demolition Company with. Right, and then they, were the they had they had to, like Wicker was still in the service. And yeah. they would bring him in as like a private contractor, and then like he came out and joined the crew to be like a four man crew. But Wicker was always the guy because like the scene where Scott down in the Philippines, right, where Scott um, Hackett and Strobel they're like climbing up that mountain, and Wicker's like on the other side, right, or yeah. with you know. But yeah, we get what's these that? new characters. What's that Shakespeare <laughs> like? Those those two characters who were just in the oh, background, and then uh, they they disappeared. And they wrote a whole nother story. Gilden, R- Rose. Uh, uh, Rosenstern and Gildenkranz. Yeah, there we go. Hackett I was going to say Rosenkranz and Gildenstern. Wait, no, I think that's it. What did I say? I think you were right. Oh, either Rosenkranz way. and Gildenstern are dead. Hackett and Strobel are dead. Could be. <laughs> Maybe they'll get their own, you know, novella. Maybe it's they'll like, be um, Mitrap Live on stage starring Hackett and Strobel. It's like Law and Order where you just like have these, you know, mm-hmm. you have rap and... 
and Coleman, who are you know your main two, and then you bring in an iced tea for a, for you know a couple a couple episodes, and then you bring in <laughs> someone else. But yeah, I, but I just I wanna, mean, that's the club scene. Yeah, I want to ask you about like why. So then you bring in this Russian guy, Sidorov, right? Who's head of the club? He has he's the one who's contracted Johnson, which is why Johnson's at this club. Isn't I mean I know that gets their press for time, right? But why why? Rush this and go pick up Johnson Dude. here. Dude, that's my exact question. I, I had the same thought. There was no purpose. Wait till then, he leaves the club. That, wait till he leaves the club. Wait till he leaves the club. Like, there's no imminent threat that they're aware of. I mean, if there yeah, was... They're, they're, just, they're yeah. just trying to find the terrorists. Track down so. the terrorists who already made their hit. And it's not like it's within the first 48 hours. Like, it's been a week. Right. You know? It's six days. Yeah. The only thing I could think of is... That that window of escape, right? If if you do know you have forty eight hours before these guys can evade you completely, or you'll lose all traces, maybe you got to push the envelope a little. But the dude's in a club; you know he's going to leave in a few hours. Or you set him up with some you know hooker and you watch him leave and you you trap him, right? Like, there's got to be better ways to go about this. That's, that's and that what comes the CIA through in the writing. Rap was itching does, for a yeah. fight. He, Remember, oh, Coleman's yeah, like was. Coleman tried calling him out saying. Yo, I can see you're itching for a fight. Like, slow your roll. And Rap's like, yeah, I'm fucking ready to go. It's game time. I guess they're pissed off because he was, he tapped the shrink who, you know, Doc Lewis, who, you know, who knows what sort of secrets this guy has and has been selling. So, uh, you know, maybe he's been selling information about their operatives and they need to get, like, I guess I, I didn't think about that, you know. Yeah. How much clandestine information this guy has actually been selling but i agree with you you know it seems like it's kind of late night right the guy's not going to be at the club all night so why, why put yourself in it? that situation yeah, you know he that sees that there? there's these four huge bouncers out here you know one one of them's russian all tattered up they know that this club is probably is owned by a russian gangster pr- presumably yeah and th- then the whole interaction between Sidorov and rap where He's he like, come work his, for me. He gives him his business card and says, give yeah. me a call sometime. Like, you know. Yeah. That kind of made me think of what Kyle did in Lethal Agent with Rap going to work for the uh, the drug lords and the cartel leaders who are, and yeah, then another cartel leader. to do that. Rap sure, but I'm saying that. that scene where another cartel leader tried to tried to steal Rap from him, where he was like, hey, come work for me. I might have some jobs for you now that you're in the game with us. And so I was, oh, right. it, yeah, I was just like, I don't know if I need any of that, which rap uses to his advantage, right? He accepts the meeting thinking if he can get dirt on Sidorov, he might be able to use him in some way, which he does use them to get the details from this Cuban dictator. He flies to the Bahamas and the Cuban guy gives up the bank account of the bank that was holding Kareem and Hakim's money. And Hakim happens to be standing there at the exact minute that rap shows up to interrogate this banker and just yeah a little forced for me but we do have a bit of an interrogation though once they take johnson out of the club we do and i do like the little game that mitch is threatening to play a left little... foot right foot right right knee le- right, left knee <laughs> left foot right foot left knee right knee he says it like three times as johnson is stuttering and scared shitless <laughs> and he does shoot him in the foot right he does, but it's only a flesh wound. It'll, he, Rap says it, it'll heal up in two weeks. Tis but a flesh wound. <laughs> is that the only time Rap fires a gun? In well, no, until the very end. But. No, he kills. He kill, he kills the, the you know Kareem. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the very end. But I think that that really is a lot of the action. Besides the final scene, that that's all the action. Rap only kills one guy this entire book. Do you think this is the book rap kills the least amount of people in? It just might be. Yeah, because he stops Glenn Adams from dying. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't kill Johnson. They use him they later. He becomes like the Johnson. Marcus of the second half for yeah. some reason. Um, <laughs> Why? I don't know. I don't think there's no other no no other like person that rap would need to kill. Um, yeah. I think so. It's That's just it. Kareem. It's one one kill this entire book. Wow. That's something. 
If you ask well, me I mean, that as a coming off question, of last novel where we had a rap take out seven guys or six guys in a matter of what forty two seconds, right or less. I guess Nash got the first one. Nash shot the right, first. Right, so one. five guys, five guys. <laughs> yeah, but this um, even if there's not action with guns and pew pew, pretty good interrogation playing left foot, right foot, left knee, right knee. Listen to what Rap says to Max Johnson, this computer techie for working for the CIA and now working against the CIA with Glenn Adams. Uh, Rap says, "Quote: I know more shit about you than you can even begin to imagine, Max. You fucking hold back." On me one more time, and this will get real ugly. I mean Saddam Hussein, third world. Shove a thermometer up your pecker and smack it with a hammer ugly. <laughs> Shove your head in a bucket full of your own shit ugly. That's what we do to traitors. We don't see it happen, but I like the threat. <laughs> I do like the threat. I like the threat a lot. Right. I don't know. This is this whole again. Uh, there's many reasons why I have a problem with this novel, but a lot of the the scenes or situations that Vince wanted to put rap in just didn't, I don't know, didn't all fit together. It was, it was this novel was very yeah. much just like a hodgepodge of, of things to, to, to finish up a storyline, you know, and it's almost like you can tell, like we, we right. mentioned in the last book, he's itching to write American assassin, right? You know, with the many hints that he's writing, but he has to, finish up yeah. the previous novels, you know, loose ends. And again, like I almost feel like you could have, or condensed extreme measures. True. True. Cause true. that, that did have a lot of build up to the true. action condense that. And then, yeah. uh, but I'm, I'm not going to, like I did really you had enjoy to build up measures. Nash. Yeah. Same. You, you had to take you, the time you to did. build up Nash. You did. Um, and I think that plays out here where we get this whole realization um, or let, let's go to. I don't want to touch on Nash's celebration yet, and, and like, sure, yeah, that'll be our, our ending. But um, I, I do agree that I don't know. This book just on many levels just didn't work for me. Well, here's here's um, actually it might be the scene that rubbed me the wrong way more so than any other, and it's just what you're saying where pieces just don't seem to fit. They seem a little forced, and it's the Judiciary Committee hearing. Which mm. is a staple, right, of a Flynn novel. You, I mean, I was just, I'm just pumped every novel to see who is Rap going to outsmart, outwit, and mouth off with, or mouth off to. And even better if it's in one of these committee hearings, because you know that that's usually where Flynn excels. And this time, Rap's going to have someone on his side, Senator Lonsdale, who after the the attack is kind of on their side, and they he she. Wants to support uh, rap, Irene and crew, but there's a new woman who's in this little like girls group with Senator Lonsdale. A bunch of the you know, female senators are hanging out. Ogden, and Ogden is giving you know Mitch the business. She calls him a, a barbarian. She says you're the traitor. We're gonna lock you up. We have evidence that you you know dislocated this dude's shoulder. You know, she's really really railing on Mitch. And he keeps his cool like he did in Extreme Measures. He's about to respond in a very measured way, but something ticks and he just goes off on a tangent about abortion. And well, I'm this like, this is the information what? that Lonsdale gave him this information. Like she was somehow able to get her talking points, like, yeah. or like she gave him talking him. points. And I don't know, this was just way out of left field. This it entire was so chapter. Weird. I, I wasn't even really going to touch on it just because I know, like, me and you stand on this pretty similar. We're we're both Catholic, so we sure. stand a, a certain way. Um, but this was just so strange to be reading in my thriller novel. I I don't know. Like, not I'm not. I don't want to like say that I don't want it in my thriller novel. I think it's an important issue to bring up. Sure. But it just didn't fit. It didn't fit. It didn't, it, fit. It didn't fit. I mean, I know like what Mitch uh, Vince is. He's Christian, right? Uh, so he always tries to put some of his, you know, feelings on politics, feelings on topics. And sure. so this was his opportunity to do that. I, I felt like you, it, the point of it was to bring out the hypocrisy. Right, exactly. She's calling rap a barbarian and barbarian and rap is bring up her voting record on, you know, doctors using a syringe or whatever to suck the brains through the cranium of a fetus. Like, I get it. 
but it was so forced. I feel like Vince, what you said, is usually really skilled at within the story and the motivations of the characters and the dialogue about the plot, bringing in his perspective. Like if there is a uh, a battlefield maneuver going on in Pakistan, he won't shy away from the politics of like this general works for the ISI and is, you know, doing this shit or the Saudis. You know, he'll drop in something about his his personal beliefs on, you know, extremism and Wahhabism in the Saudi royal family is fueling terrorism and we shouldn't turn a blind eye. But it's all in the context of the story. Rap just goes on a just a tangent about this. I was like, I don't see how it relates. I get the logical argument he's trying to say about Ogden shouldn't call him the barbarian when he's really the patriot. But to have him go that insane on it just didn't advance the plot for me. And then maybe even worse, like salt in the wounds, Kennedy and Nash kind of practically high five him off to the side when it's over. And like, man, you were so inspirational. Where'd you get that from? You know, you made the best argument ever. And I'm like, no, he didn't. He made an argument that had nothing to do with the conversation. (laughs) But they were all just like self-congratulating each other. And uh, it just felt weird. Yeah. Again, it was cheap. It, 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 I felt like you could have either that could have been a point, but there's other points that this person, you know, I'm blanking on the senator's name, Ogden. Um, Ogden, right. Where I'm sure if she votes on that same line, there's probably other things that, you know, he could have like pounded her with multiple different hypocrisies, and that would have made more sense than yeah, just maybe like budgeting. Going on and <laughs> budgeting about oh. defense, or, you know, I guess she's on judiciary, so. Someone they gave a light sentence to who then relapsed and, and committed some act of terrorism or nail her on something like that. <laughs> I don't know. It just felt it felt out of yeah. it, when I was reading it or listening to it, it just felt strange. And know. I'm it with you, felt... though. Like, I, I, I would agree otherwise with Rap's argument. I'm not saying I yes. don't actually yeah, quite no, pro-life in that regard. I, I am pro-life in that regard. But, it, yes. but in, in big time. But in terms of storytelling, I, I didn't need Rap giving me, you know, this whole charade about about that because it I, to me it didn't fit the plot yeah because especially i don't think that rap believed it right i don't know <laughs> I, yeah. I, like it, it didn't feel like it was you know, rap was actually believing what he was saying you know right he, he was just saying bringing up a point to you know because rap's obviously not pro-life like <laughs> I mean, I, he could that's be a debate for another time. Is, yeah. He is preserving Anyways. life. I mean, he's taking what he would say are the necessary actions to, on a wider scale, preserve life. I, I, I would agree with that. I mean, then we could get into just war theory, which I guess you're right. Clandestine maneuvers like that wouldn't necessarily fit with the you know Catholic understanding of just war theory and has had targeted assassinations unless the threat is imminent, which often with rap, it's not imminent. He still kills the bastards just because they're bad dudes. So yeah, you're right. Maybe it's not the best pro-life platform, but he, he believes, I think if you get into the mind of the characters, he, Kennedy, Scott, all of them would say, we are saving lives. We are preserving life oh, by yeah, taking I, these actions. I, I agree with that. I don't know. It's sure just are. a, it's a sticky situation that I, right. I just, it just felt out of place to me. So, right, right anyways, right, right. yeah, that was a little philosophical again. <laughs> oh, we're going deep on. Uh... <laughs> well, you know, it's not that deep. A bunch of terrorists in an RV getting lost between Iowa and Missouri, <laughs> just oh, driving in circles again. So, another. I'm so down on this book. Sorry, guys. Um, so the terrorists, right? They they leave Russian leave the Iowa camp after. Kareem hastily shoots his father and son. They get lost. The two turn on each other. And the one, the one like highlight of this book, like I think we mentioned last time was the inner conflict with Hakeem and how, you know, Vince is sort of, I think portraying some sort of ideal here um, about how, you know, you, you have, you have to work from, you can't just, tell these people how to think they have to come to it on their own and, and realize mm-hmm. what they're doing is wrong. Um, and I, I enjoyed his inner dialogue, but it, it, it kind of seemed to me, I don't know, like three bumbling idiots in an RV, like not knowing what to do after having 
so well planned, the attack in the previous mm-hmm. book. I guess you can argue that Kareem is becoming unhinged. Exactly. Um, and which culminates in the final scene of this book, or you know, the final action of this book, where he just right. drives on the Lincoln Memorial and starts shooting people and <laughs> right. thinks that that's how he's going to get his last stand. Um, but to me, I wanted I wanted more Kareem inner dialogue. I wanted mm. to see more. To me, this this reminds me a lot of. Uh, hear me out. Okay. The season finale or the season, the last season of of Game of Thrones. Okay, so many people yep. go apeshit over Daenerys, Daenerys burning yep. the city. Right. Yep. Spoiler alert: If you haven't watched uh, <laughs> Game of Thrones, sorry, I should have. That's that exactly there. what's happening to Kareem here. You're you know, so right he, about that. He and people's arguments with why that was uncharacteristic was because people didn't really understand. Didn't didn't see Daenerys turning. It, it was like almost like a light switch with her. Like you know, I, I think if you really argue and you dissect it, you can kind of see how she has turned over time from you know the very beginning to to where mm-hmm. she gets to. Anyways, that's a different podcast. I, no, I think it definitely but, fits. It's a power, right? Like power is corrupting. Yeah, and you can. That's what Vince is trying to portray here with Kareem and how right. he is going insane and turning evil. on his his yep. very best friend. To the point where you know he's going to kill him. Right. The they go they go to the random house, kill this guy to to get it, and he doesn't. Yeah. Then he, after he they're in this house, he's like, I don't like this house. Like, we need to get out of here. And then Ahmed even says, All right, "Well, Kareem's going to kill you, so you need to drive away." Which is how Hakeem gets away. Gives him the keys. Now, gives him the keys, and then Hakeem goes in this hole. He's able to like get away, get a plane. I, I those scenes were like yeah filler to me true and then he ends he ends up in the bahamas at the very same time that rap ends up where rap picks him up yeah yeah so i like everything you said and i really like the game of thrones stuff it's just it's power and ego corrupting and i think you're right what happens to denarius leading to the burning of the city is really really close what happens to kareem but the one thing i will i will say i i quite enjoyed though is the dynamic between the three fools, the three stooges. And the reason I liked it is I I think I saw the nuances of Vince's usual writing come through in their interactions more than any other characters in this novel. You know, yeah. usually every character is so in tune or just has this quality to them that you really embrace. And I, I get that in, in Ahmed, how he wants to help Hakeem, but he can't be seen by Kareem because he is brainwashed by Kareem and he doesn't want to face the consequences. But he is open to the change of heart that Hakeem has had. And Ahmed, if given more time, I think, would have turned. I think he would have joined Hakeem in wanting to escape. And the other thing I liked about their interactions, little details this time that that work for me, that I don't think were anywhere else in the novel, but they work here. Hakeem is driving the RV and he's like, guys, we're in trouble because we're passing a whole lot of other RVs on the road. And Kareem's like, that's a good thing. We'll just blend in. And he goes, no, they all wave to each other and everyone driving the RVs are old people. And here's like a younger, youthful brown dude, right? Driving through middle America in an RV a week after a terrorist attack. And Hakeem is tuned into that. But Kareem just writes him off and is like, that's stupid. I kind of like those little details and these these relationships between the characters. Um, it's actually one of the things that I think in this novel is most Flinian uh, that comes through. I would agree. The, so their final downfall, right, is the the cell phones, and right. Kareem is mad about the Hakeem buying these cell phones, and even like claims like I, I didn't tell you to do this, even though apparently they had a conversation about it. Yeah. What did you think? They just came in, they were almost like a MacGuffin to me. Like Mm. these cell phones are the reason ultimately how they're able to find Kareem and and, and figure out these in DC. Well, that's true. Max Johnson does ping a cell tower and and figure out, you know, they're going back to DC. But there's something else I like about the cell phones that we really can't talk about until we jump into this final scene. It's how eventually Hakeem kind of turns. And when he's taken by rap, he's willing to play the game. 
And in the interrogations, Rap is like, what the hell? This guy's not lying. He's telling me everything. He's telling me the truth. He's giving me all these details that prove he's complicit. What the hell's going on? And they eventually are able to use Hakim, who does comply and helps take down Kareem and really save the day. And so I'm going to like the cell phones for that with the voicemails where Hakim is calling Kareem to piss him off. And he's leaving him voicemails and Rap's like, get him as fucking buck wild crazy as you can. Say the meanest, nastiest shit to push his buttons. You're his best friend. You know how to push his buttons. And that eventually is what makes Kareem make a mistake and gives Rap the advantage. So Hakim, sort of, kind of, last episode, we talked about that redemption arc. I don't think Hakim is redeemed, or and he may not even be redeemable, but he does take some redeemable actions and qualities here that uh, I'm proud of him for. So Hakim, to me, great character. Yeah, Rap even says at the end of the novel, you know, like Johnson... Coleman even speaks up for Johnson saying like he he's very useful we need we need him they're still like debating whether what to do with Glenn Adams but in mm-hmm. rap even says Hakeem I don't know what to do with him he proved very useful yeah. we got to like figure out like what he actually did in terms of like logistics with that whole terrorist attack which yeah. obviously he's was very heavily involved in but he does have a mild redemption here and and helps you know the good yeah. guys win in the very end He's that enigma that makes someone like a rap or a Kennedy who's like, oh, I'm so seasoned. I've been through this. I know everything about these guys and I'm the Middle East expert. He's Hakeem is kind of like that very complex enigma that kind of cracks your your world, you know, your code of ethics that you 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 think is always right. Black and white world, no gray. I don't know. I feel like Hakeem brings that gray zone into the picture that that kind of gets rap to stop and question and say, like, Maybe we can work with or turn some of these guys. Right. I like no, that. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. All right. The big one. Yeah. Let's do it. It's Nash time. It's Nash's party. Right. So right after the Judiciary Committee meeting, uh, Rap rushes him over to the White House and pulls like a, what I think they even describe it in the book as like this, he, he's taking him to a surprise 40th birthday party Yeah, where he gets outed. He gets exposed as a undercover operative, gets a big shiny medal, and has to talk to the press. And yeah. now he's Rap's boss, which... Yeah. So I'm guessing, like, in these novels, he's still Rap's boss, but we, right. we see more less and less of him as the, the novels go on. Yeah, so... But this is ultimately which causes his children to get... Or his right. daughter to get kidnapped. Vulnerabilities. Uh, and... Rap Rap even says like I I thought this was this was a possibility I just didn't think it was gonna happen this quickly you know literally right. a day after you know I put him up on this poster you know I, can you fault Rap um, yeah is Rap to blame I mean so Irene was complicit in this uh, his wife was complicit in it the wife more than Irene I would say remember Rap kind of hatched this plan and said to Irene I actually got an idea there might be something I'm working on and he kind of leaves Irene out a little bit until the very end. But I think Irene even wanted Rap to be there too. Like, Yeah, that's true. Irene. Oh, Rap kind of ducks a, out. In yeah. The Oval Office. I, yeah. Irene wants a better life for both of them, knowing true. that. And Rap sees that Nash needs to be the family man. He can't be doing this stuff anymore. I, I wish Nash could have gotten on his own terms. Obviously he was like messed up in the head for what happened last week, but. I don't know. In the end, I think it was the right thing to do. Right. I think it was the natural progression of... But you could argue either way, whether he's still inside or he's outed. Right. His family was vulnerable, so... Right. Is it Rap's fault, though? Well, here's the flip side of that, right? Even if, and I partially do think it's Rap's fault in that he made the Nash family more vulnerable by putting them up to the press and probably should have upped the security on them, but, the, yeah. I mean, the, the flip side of that is, look, they've never been happier as a family. The White House scene, the kids are there, Maggie's there. Rory's lacrosse game. They go yeah, to Rory's nice. lacrosse. Rory's pretty good at lacrosse, which you know what I'm thinking. Is Rory Nash going to come back someday? Could be. Lacrosse Could be star. Trap. Uber athlete. Look at his age, right? Probably right in the wheelhouse of recruiting in the current rap universe. 
Uh, Nash probably wouldn't ever let him do it, though. No, but, I mean, it could be one of those. If you do bring back Nash, you know, son, stay out of it. I've seen the shit. I want you to go be a banker or something, you know, get out of this life. But Rory is looking up to Uncle Mitch. Could that reignite the tension between Mitch and Mike over which path Rory should take? And imagine if Mitch has to be that Stan Hurley figure. I just... Mm. I feel like the Nash family, man, I, we got to talk to Kyle, but I feel like the Nash family's got to come back. They got to come I, back. I want, I want Nash to come back in some way, you know? Yeah. It was just a tease to get his wife at a scene in the last book, you know? We know Maggie's living in Manassas at the complex, so... Yeah, they're all at this, you know, commune of, of, of like, what, Skip McMahon is there? and Skip's there. Pretty, pretty much it's like the retirement uh, <laughs> village for all rap characters, right? So... Is there any scene in Total Power or another where we hear about the kids? Like, is there ever like, oh, yeah, Maggie's living up with them in Manassas and Rory is in college or Shannon no, the girl No, they, they is... just say that uh, Nash has like four kids or whatever. You don't get any specifics that if they're home, if they're away, how old they are? Yeah, I, I don't think Kyle doesn't age rap like no. Vince did. So, yeah. I don't know, man. With that lacrosse game, though. Two things I was two things were going through my mind. How nice, right? The Nash family is at peace, enjoying some family time. And then the veteran comes up to him. Yeah, that was a nice, nice little touch. Yeah, he was like, Thank you. Like so many of us are not recognized, and the fact that you were is kind of like recognition for all of us. And you know, Nash is kind of touched by that. So maybe that's where he starts to think like maybe Mitch was right and doing this is is a net positive for the country. Maybe Nash is gonna come around. Right. But then, you know, right after that scene, we get them going to dinner and the kids do not listen to their father. Nope. She goes out driving. But I guess like if she doesn't go out driving. Then they go to the house and they get all four kids. So right. you that's could argue true. that that's a, a positive, I guess, in that sense. That's true. And she gets taken and Nash goes apeshit like any father would. Like Right. And then what did you think of the part where there she's taken hostage she t- they take him to the mall he puts like ahmed up in like a a sniper position and then calls all the media agencies or calls like the five news networks drives up onto the steps of the lincoln memorial shoots a bunch of people nash comes in and then rap stabs him with an EpiPen, right because <laughs> he, he's going ape shit because he wants to go in there himself I like the that was that was a smart uh, thinking on on Mitch's part, right? I mean, I like the scene. Uh, I was after a whole novel of really no action. I was finally like, oh yeah, this is awesome, and I was into it. But it was still lacking something. I I like that decision, right? Because Nash is not in his right mind. He's gonna go trade himself in, and Mitch knows one he he doesn't want to lose a friend, frankly, but two he knows the damage that would do to the country. You know, this hero just got recognized. It's not only Nash's time to shine, it's America's time to shine, right? Right. We prevented the attack. We have this badass guy. And at one point, there's even this quote, we sent the message, you fuck with us, and guys in black masks show up, put a bullet in your head. It'll make them think twice before, you know, any of these guys volunteer for another one of these one-way trips. If Nash dies publicly on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial, our whole ability to fight terrorism is undermined. Our whole patriotism that we just rallied, the country just rallied around is undermined. And I think this would be like jihadi propaganda 101, right? Like, right, right. Rap knows that. And so he, yeah, he eliminates Nash or, or sidelines Nash with the, with the injection. So cool stuff. It allows Rap to go in there, you know, full tack gear. Go in. Scott's on the comms telling him where he thinks he is. Like, I think he's hiding the guy to the north side. So turn right when you get up the steps. Hakeem, uh, Kareem is listening to the voicemail from Hakeem and he's calling him back like, you fucker, don't you call me that. I'm going to show America. I'm going to bring down the great Satan. Like, Hakeem, I'm going to kill you. You're a weak ass pussy, blah, 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 blah. And that anger in Kareem, his ego, his drive for power, his narcissism is his downfall because he lets mm-hmm. Hakeem get under his skin on the phone which allows rap to take the shot. So cool stuff. But here's the one thing I'm going to say about it. It didn't have the, the texture I was looking for. If that makes sense. 
like I'm thinking of imagine the feds, the National Park Police, just everybody and their mother storming the National Mall when the country's already on heightened alert. I'm thinking helicopters everywhere, just 100 percent like chaos. And I didn't I didn't feel that in the writing. I think of this like one scene from West Wing when the president's daughter gets taken. There's lights, there's sirens, the camera pans in this weird way. Everything slows down for a minute. Everything's a blur. The characters are stumbling around. No one it's just chaos. Obviously, on screen, you you feel that a lot more because of the senses. But I think writing could get there too. And I don't know if this scene activated all my senses. Because of the words, I can see the lights and sirens flashing. I can hear them. Uh, Time is blurred. I don't know what's going on. There's complete chaos. And the writing didn't elaborate on that or bring those feelings out in me. So I I wanted more texture. Well, just uh, related to the last book where we mentioned how, you know, the scene in NCTC takes a total of, I don't know, a minute. But the way it's written, it it like it's like time slows down. Right, you feel it, and you feel it exactly. Um, and typically with with Flynn and when with these big set action piece chapters, right, you get more description, you get more, you know, what's going on or right. the surroundings. And it was again, we, we built the up ending. this entire we built up this entire book to this point. The, exactly. And we didn't even get like, it's almost like Kareem got shot off camera. Right. Snap that's your fingers, I, it's done. That's how it felt to me. Yeah. We said the same thing at the end of Transfer of Power. You built up this whole story, and then the final storming, they they parachute onto the roof, they flashbang it, they, they do whatever they do, and it's done. It's like, oh, yeah, HRT, you know, came in, did their thing. Wicker landed. Wicker took the shot. Guys landed on the roof. Like it was just over. I felt that way here too. The whole book was leading up to this. It quickens the pace, which I liked. It quickened the pace. I love these chase or end scenes where the pace just ramps yeah. The up. last like ten chapters or so were after they got back from the Bahamas. It, like the chapters were you wanted to keep reading. You wanted to yeah. keep reading. Oh yeah, and that was great, right? Like that capture of the Flynn style. It came through that that Flinianism, ooh, Flinianism came through, but just not with the depth or it didn't pack the punch that it usually does. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Like so. the two scenes I'm thinking of, you just said these big sweeping kind of battle scenes. Opening scene of Memorial Day, uh, Memorial Day in I think it's Pakistan, you know, every moving piece like the armies are like a chessboard. You can feel the mortars coming inbound, right? Like, you know it's happening. And then another one would be Lethal Agent, where they're in Yemen, and they're escaping the burning village where the the virus was. Mm -hmm. Like, there's so much maneuvering and tactics and the environment. I know they're in the desert, and you feel like you felt like you were in the desert reading that. Like, you felt hot. I did not feel all the lights and sirens and the 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 lit up memorials you know he could have described the hues the different colors of the memorials at nighttime or sunset clashing with these these light with the 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 sirens and the lights and ah, i just was lacking some of that yeah like even books that we didn't necessarily like but like the in executive power like the whole description of rap creeping up on the one camp and right. looking in the flap and in seeing the, jungle. the guys in the jungle so detailed so textured. Very, very detailed. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. It it's This is a strange book because to me, like I said before, most of these novels you can pick up and read any single one. And I think if you picked this one up without having read the previous one, you'd be thoroughly confused. Yeah. Um, and it was very disjointed and didn't pay off in the end. Yeah. You even texted me. You were like, because we, we, when we recorded the last pod, you, I think both of us hadn't yet finished rereading the rest of the book, but we knew the action was coming. And you were like, man, I, ho- I hope the action at the end of this novel lives up to, you know, making the, the book worth it. Or not yeah. worth it, but like a better book. And I, I don't think it did. Yeah. 
I remember I was like, you know what? That Lincoln Memorial thing that I remember happening, that was pretty baller. I hope it sa- you know, salvages this book and the ranking of it. And then when I finished it, I was like, yeah, that was a good scene, but nah, this is the last place for me. I venture to say it just might stay last place when we get to the end of this whole project. But currently, it's I think it's sitting below executive power and separation. I, I don't see any other novel that would go below it. I can't remember one. Yeah. You know what's cool, though? Let's, let, let's turn a positive page here because yes. Yes, I got to yes, admit yes, yes. something. I love this cover. You do? I Which adore one? adore cover A. The classic, the the classic one, yes. Lincoln I mean, Memorial. You, you get Lincoln Memorial, which it's is like fitting. one of exactly. my biggest pet peeves. One of my biggest pet peeves. Have something on the cover that is related to the book, and it has those colors I was just describing. These dark, nighttime, eerie blues, dark, deep, like sea color blues, but it also has the bright white of the memorials. How they kind of stand out like a beacon of hope or strength. But it's still a stormy sky. So the the dark blues, the gray sky, the bright whites of the memorial, and the bright white of Vince Flynn's name and the title, I just love the contrast, the design, and how this cover fits. I'm going to say so far, yeah, this is my favorite cover we've seen so far. Really? Yes. Really? I still think the the motorcade with the flag waving for... um, Two books ago, right when uh, when Irene got taken, active uh, active act, treason. Oh no, active. active treason or protect and defend. They protect both and had, defend. They yeah. both had protect flags. and defend. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, the, what, two of the other covers I really like are both centered around the memorial, which is you know the, where the, all this action is, or the mall or where all this is, is taken. And you have in B, you have the very similar like this nighttime with the lights and the blues right. and, and the, the the darks. Where you have a guy. This is this is the running the typical standing running man, man standing man, standing running man, man, running man. Yeah. Um, and he's on you know where all the flags are near the Washington Monument, and I also really like the H. Um, yes. Even though I, I think that that might that's be the daytime, new Kindle. That's the new the, Kindle version. The new Kindle version, um, which is pretty nice. With you yep. looking up at the Washington Monument. Yeah. So yeah, the the covers for this were pretty good. Yeah, they were. They were pretty good. Besides. Oh, Besides God. our cover Ooh. C. Ooh. Ooh. Let's get cover to it. C. The elephant in the room. Cover C. What are you doing? What are you doing? Is there power lines? Call? Is there power lines? There's no power lines. Me, but they're still in. in the middle of the desert. There might be something in the background. I can't tell, but um, it's a little blurry. But why are we in the desert? Just tell me, Chris. Why the fuck are we in the desert? Honestly, you could have this. It's It's a running man chasing after someone else. Why not have that on the mall? Why not just slap the Lincoln Memorial in the back? You know why? Because they went to some random website. Pick one. Cheapest option. They went with the cheapest option. Spit out a cover. We'll take it. Oh, it's orange and sandy. Okay, what do you call those big tumbleweeds? Tumbleweeds. <laughs> tumbleweeds. Why, tumbleweeds. Why are they, okay, you could argue this is somewhere in, I don't know, Iowa, Iowa where the terrorists are on the run. Have the RV. Just have the RV. You can't tell me this is the terrorists. No way this is Akeem... They're running through an open field with tumbleweeds blowing everywhere. I'm done. I, That's it. I would argue this is almost as bad as the one where we had the Christmas train scene. Oh, my God. Where w- why there's a running man running next to a train in a novel that has nothing to do with trains. It just, I don't get it. Uh, oh my God. And the it, orange. It makes... It's just a, a sandy yellow orange. I'm like, does this take place in North Africa? Is Is this the Sahara or the Sahel? No. No, it's not. It doesn't take this place novel there. makes you makes you when you pick it up you think you're gonna be spending time in the desert right or I mean in... I wouldn't be opposed to a Libyan storyline I don't I don't think rap ever really does much with the Libyans but there's got to no. be a lot there if you want to tell that story Pursuit of Honor does not do that but this makes me think of Libya uh, Morocco Tunisia the only thing I think you could argue is is that they were going for Iowa and the Midwest with the terrorists but. It doesn't make sense because rap doesn't go there. So this is like Iowa 2060 after some massive Al Gore was right climate change stuff. This is not Iowa <laughs> right now. There's no corn. Corn can't grow here. Yeah. Oh my God. It's so bad. It's, it's so bad. So bad. I, all right. I'm moving on because D and E. 
we've said this before. I think some of these are just geared towards Europeans who want to see badass operatives Americans. fully decked out in gear. Americans, right? So you get, you know, two dudes decked out, weapons up, weapons drawn. Uh, I don't know. Kind of cool. E is all right. He's kind of cool. G is weird. What do you think about G? Well, I really strange. G reminds me of like a a rom like if you get rid of the guy with the gun um it reminds me of like a rom-com poster like <laughs> yeah like if this so had what friends is, in the middle yeah what is this um this uh nation or wh- where is this from i believe that is hungarian which hungarian the military dude with the weapon and some civilians in the background kind of makes sense for like an eastern southeastern european vibe with all their kind of coups and revolutions of the last you know half a century so i feel like that that definitely would work for a, a hungarian uh it gets you on the edge of your seat right who is this armed guard looking at these civilians with the weapon yeah but most people on social media pick day so yeah a is a beast Every, everyone agrees with you mike hot take that's my favorite cover so far it's just it's hot take beautiful. favorite cover of all time so far that we've covered um uh, i like kyle's I like some of Kyle's covers, so the co- the I will say the covers have gotten kill shot. Might take it much better. Kill shot's pretty good with the Ooh, Eiffel Tower. With, with the Eiffel Tower, we'll see, we'll see. But I I like this one. Okay, okay. There's some positivity for you, Chris. There you go. Well, Coming give from me one me, more negative, Nancy. <laughs> give me one more positive. Who's your winner of the book? Um, I know it's not his shining moment. Um. But I I like Nash getting the accolades at the end. I like his family being together. So I know he's not a, a very proactive in this book and doing anything good. He's kind of an antagonist to rap in, in many ways, but still. Yeah, very much so. Uh, I like his family. I mean, at one point when they're all together, there's a quote, Nash smiled and thought to himself, this is the way it's supposed to be. And then the president, um, when he says, on behalf of a grateful nation, it's my honor to present to you the highest award achievable by a member of the intelligence community, the Distinguished Intelligence Cross, for a voluntary act of extraordinary heroism involving the acceptance of existing dangers with conspicuous fortitude and exemplary courage. That's my winner right there. That's your winner. I liked it. How about you? For me, I really like, you know, got to shout out Steph K., and give her some Scott, Scott Coleman talk here. I like Scott Coleman and team. Like we yeah. get, I like Reavers, having him in there as this, as I mentioned, this buddy cop, um, you know, parody with rap and, you know, rap like sends him off to find Johnson and rap sends him off to, you know, figure this out and then sends him the, the whole scene in, in Nassau is driven by him and his team and how, they drive up in this van. It's not like what he, Rap even says. It wasn't like what you see in the movies where like, you hear like this screech and and then you take the guy. You like actually could drive past the you know the little details that right. that Coleman and, and team were able to do. And Wicker is able to get the shot and take That's out true. Ahmed. Yeah. Um. So I think they're the winners of the book. They yeah. they um they did really good. And but the second thing I will point out is the hints we get for American oh, Assassin. You're spot on. And we get one at the very end. Where Nash says, "I'm your boss now." Yeah, and then Hurley's like, "Yeah, not not a good position to be. I was his boss for two years." And Rap says, "Well, I remember I saved your ass um, when you were my boss one time, just like I saved his ass over in uh, in Afghanistan." And it's just that that's hands. the whole plot of uh, American Assassin. You're so right. You're so right. You're right. That's the winner. And we kind of have to go back to the first half, part one of Pursuit. The winner was Hurley. And the hints, uh, the foreshadowing coming up, you're so right. And the few pages he had in the first half of the book, Vince made perhaps the most compelling character so far since rap. We're we're in for a treat next month. Yeah, because when you read that line, you're like, oh, I want to know when rap saved Hurley's life. And then right. boom, we're, we're going to get it. You know, yep. that's just, it, it puts you on your edge of your seat at the very end of the book. And I like that. Especially because in the first half of the book, I was all in on Hurley. I kind of forgot about him. I was like, oh, he built up this awesome character. I want to know more. And then all this action happens at the very end. I kind of forgot. So then that, that scene at the end where they're sitting around the fire and Nash goes to take care of his family and Hurley and Rap are mouthing off. Like, yep, that 
piques your interest. That was a great move to put that in there at the end. Nice pickup. Yeah. I like that. Nice catch. I have some good ones every now and then. Good stuff. Good stuff. You nailed it today. All right. So that's Pursuit of Honor. All right, so next time, uh, we're working on a few things. Don't quite know what we're going to be releasing on the next pod, but it'll be something good. So hopefully that a couple of things we have in the works will pan out. Again, can't thank you guys enough, but need to thank our patrons, our special operator, Sherry F., uh, our special agents, George, Matt, Dawn, Dennis, Peggy, Catherine, Ray, Bridget, Jeff, and Mark. Uh, Please subscribe, rate, and review us using your favorite podcasting platform. You can find us at midtrappod.com or on Twitter and Instagram at midtrappod. And as always, I have a bad feeling about this one. (laughs) Change it up there. Just a disclaimer, this podcast is not affiliated with Vince Flynn, Kyle Mills, or Simon & Schuster, but thank you to them for bringing us the wonderful world of rap. And the music soundtrack is Guerrilla Tactics by Raphael Crooks.